0: Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Beach Search Business Podcast. I'm your host, Link from Bees, and today I've got another exciting episode for you. And for me, this one really it's a message home. And I'm hoping you also get as much value from it as I will get. And we'll get to hear a fascinating story, I believe everybody, every ear on this continent and in the world generally has to hear. I'm not alone today. I have with me CEO of Fresh Eyes. And also the CEO of Drinkable, Peach. And she's going to be telling us more about the businesses that she's involved in. She's an entrepreneur and a very, very, very busy mom. And that's a very fascinating exactly. thing we're going to be talking about. Peach, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Lingford. What an honor to be here. Thank you so much.
0: It's, it's really beautiful work that you're doing out there. I'm glad you could join us today. Before I really get into what we want to talk about today... There's something I want to thank you for really. In in 2013, there was a very tragic accident. 24 lives were lost, numerous other people injured in the accident that in, involved, um, I believe it was um, Sanele May. Yep. It was a very, very sad time. You were part of the team that was supporting Sanele during that time. And I, I really want to take the time to say, thank you for what you did. I, I don't know how far, it would have pushed him um, and we really don't know what would have happened. But I believe for the fact that you did what you did, putting together a support group and um, giving him all the support you could get when all the pressure was upon him, having uh, been involved in an event that caused the loss of 24 lives. I really thank you for the um, for the support you gave him. I don't think we ever we ever give enough credit to those that support an accused. And for the fact that, you know, I don't even want to use the term accused because in it was an accident and he was also a victim in the in the situation. But I'm really grateful. He's out now. And um, uh, I don't know if you've been uh, um, uh, in contact with him or how far the, the story has gone, but I really thank you for what you did for him. It was really a fascinating thing. That was humanity at work. I really appreciate that.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, that I didn't even know that you knew that um, link about me to the story. But, you know, as a mom, um, that really resonated for me because I thought if my child was in another African country and in a mess like that, I would really appreciate somebody, just human to human, reaching out and offering him support. Mm -hmm. And when I went to go and visit him a couple of days after that tragic event, and I said, Can I just help you get your mom here? I think you need your mom. You're in a mess. And he just sobbed, like one of those movie sobs. He just Mm wrapped with with pain. And he just said, "Um, I I don't have a mom. My mom's passed away. And I just looked at him and I thought, someone needs to have his back. Mm -hmm. And it was quite a journey. Um, Obviously, there were lots and lots of haters. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like you said, it was an accident. Um, He did ask all the families for forgiveness. And yes, we still are very much in touch. And he did, he paid the price. He sat in jail. And um, he's really trying to get his life back on track. And we did as much as we could to support the families too. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. That's really beautiful. That's ex- I think exemplary, if I can even put it that way. But, anyways, you know, we we kind of we kind of jumped into it there. But um, firstly, we'd really want to know, um, besides the stories that we have heard, besides what is out there available online for everybody to read, who really is Pete?
1: So like you said, Lindquid, she's just a busy mom and an entrepreneur who's always looking for opportunities. And I think I'm very much a glass half full kind of person. And what a lot of people don't know about me is that I was actually born crippled. So I couldn't walk, my legs were in calipers. And so from a very young age, although I don't have a great recollection about that time in my life, I think... It just kind of made me wired to to be resilient and to say it doesn't matter what cards you are dealt with you can choose to be a victim or a victor and that's kind of set the tapes for how i've lived my whole life and you know we all have things happen to us that we cannot sometimes avoid or we don't choose but at the end of the day it's not what happens to you but how we react to it so I think that's you know from an early foundation phase that that's certainly um carved out a lot of who i am and and my my real positive attitude and then yes i've got five beautiful children uh, a few of them scattered all over the world at the moment in that phase of their life very exciting times Mm -hmm. and have come to a point i've had my business for 23 years but very humble beginnings No money for university education, no fancy degree. It was all just about not finding a job, but finding a way to make a difference and to make money. And I think that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. And we can probably touch a a bit on that, uh, you know, later in our chat. But I've actually done some really interesting things. I've been a traffic presenter on 5FM, doing the traffic. I bought the first load of cell phones. We were part of the team that brought the first cell phones into South Africa. Um, I was working at MTN at the time i did catering for the 1995 world cup rugby in durban i've even owned a four by four driver training academy so i've taught the men out there how to drive their four (laughs) <laughs> That's <good. laughs> and even um over, over 1994 uh, when our country was going through some massive changes and we we're trying to integrate people in the corporate world uh, we launched a team building business to get people to work better as teams given that um you know there were certain cultures that hadn't really merged together before so i've had a really really fun passionate interesting journey to get to uh, where i am today
0: oh it's it's really a uh, an impressive resume and Fascinating, Jenny. Really, um, what was that experience like? What really got you into a point where you thought to yourself, um, "Okay, I want to make a change, and this is the type of change that I want to do," and then from there you headed into business. What was that experience like?
1: So, Lingford, I think sometimes it's not a conscious, it's not a conscious decision you say, oh, well, for some it is. For me, it wasn't so much. I, I was running a travel agency and I was very involved. I've worked for a hotel group. I've worked for a car rental group. And I realized listening to people as well as my own experiences when I when I started my, my business initially in, in um, 1998, I realized people are always moaning about the service in South Africa or the service generally. And... It was at that point that I realized, in order to be a true entrepreneur, you're not selling things. You need to find a solution to a problem, and that is pretty much what has carved the, my path in terms of Fresh Eyes was launched out of the problem was service is bad everywhere, so be part of the solution. Find how you can whiz around and change people's mindsets and behavior and get them to deliver better customer experience and better customer service. And I'm proud to say that we've trained over 170,000 staff in South Africa and into Africa, teaching them their significance in terms of it's not just about having a job and being paid to pitch, but how you need to really show your significance and and your passion and your, your gratitude for an opportunity. I mean, unemployment is huge in the world, but especially in South Africa and parts of Africa. So when you are given a job, be the best you can be. And that that's very much what kind of, you know, created that solution. And then the same with Drinkable, we have a problem. The problem is drinks sparking is rough i had no idea it was so rough until my daughter's drink was sparked and you said but people said to me peachy drink sparking's been around for years i remember it happening 10 or 20 years ago and my my reaction was exactly so why has no one done anything about it
0: that's amazing that's really fascinating i studied in the corporate world about 10 years ago and one of the things that I, i noticed was that customer retention was a problem in almost every business we were always having to chase for, for new business and at the time I didn't I didn't like sales and I've, well, I've become a bit fond of it now, but back then I didn't like it and it was, it was it was really an annoying experience that you get a client today and then next month they don't come back for business. For things you know very well, they should need the following month and they don't come back to you. But you've, you've created a business that helps other businesses retain customers. Absolutely. What would you say is the problem that is actually causing most businesses to lose retention?
1: It really is the experience, Langford, um, and think about it yourself as a consumer. How many businesses don't you go into, whether it's to buy shoes, clothes, <laughs> groceries? You don't feel valued is as a it? customer. The staff are busy talking to each other across the tills, often in a language, you know, a, a consumer doesn't understand. Um, <laughs> there's just no, there, there's no appreciation. There's not enough please and thank yous. They just really feel a lot of the staff and a lot of the, you know, the frontline positions that are in the trenches. They kind of make you feel like they're doing you a favor. Right. Instead Indeed. of showing their gratitude that you actually chose to come and shop in their store. Mm -hmm. And I think that for us has been a significant thing is to shift that mindset and that behavior to say, you're not doing the customer a favor. The customer is doing you a favor by Mm -hmm. choosing to do business with you. Because if the customers stop, stop coming, you've got a problem and you've got no job. So you're right, and and this is a a conversation or presentation that I do at lots of corporate events. You can spend millions on marketing and social media adverts and put specials out, but if people don't enjoy doing business with you, they're not coming back. Mm, And that's why the customer experience is so critical to retention. It costs 16 times more to acquire a customer than it does to retain a customer. So from a business point of view, especially like in the entrepreneurial space, we don't have millions of brands with marketing budgets. Get the experience right. Then you get the loyalty and the retention and you don't have to, you know, be feeding this expensive sausage machine.
0: <laughs> Very, true. Very true. That's really fascinating. I think there are so many businesses still that need to figure out how to put together a good experience for, for their client. If it were possible perhaps to have a... Um, Uh, customer service academy of some sort, because we really need it, you know, and so many entrepreneurs out there could do with understanding um, what service actually is like. Um, Now, from your side as an entrepreneur as well, you know, uh, one thing I've realized is when you get into business, you have your own assumptions that you think, okay, this is how things work. And then you get on the ground and it's not that way. What was your experience when you were starting?
1: You're so right. I think, um, you know, a lot of us have these dreams and aspirations and we kind of glorify being a business owner because we we hear about all the success stories and those are important because they keep you driven, they keep you motivated. But when you actually do launch your own business, you, you're faced with quite a few harsh realities and that is that sometimes it's not easy to get funding, for example, Or you need to wear so many hats, because now you might be really good at making a product, but now, and you alluded to it earlier, now you've got to be a a marketer, you've got to be a salesperson, you've got to be an accountant to get all your documentation and your tax returns and everything right. So you're wearing all these hats and juggling all day plus i think you need to really come to terms with um rejection i think that's that was a big uh, learning curve for me because you're so passionate about what it is that you do and you just can't understand why everyone doesn't (laughs) share that same passion you know surely surely they get it yeah and they don't and and you you need to take every rejection as a gift and say why did they not see the value in what it is that I was doing? How can I be better on the next call? Or how can I, you know, chisel my approach? Or it's it's just a constant, constant wheel of learning and just fine tuning and getting better and better and better at it. But, you know, I think uh, we we can never, as, as much as having your own business is phenomenal and it comes with lots of pros, I think we need to acknowledge that sometimes it is tough and you do need grit and you need resilience and you just need perseverance and you just got to, keep on keeping on
0: all right if we were to compare say what it's like running a business in south africa compared to the other countries that you have visited would you say we are leading
1: i think we could say we could say that linkford and i mean if you have a look at the you know at the stats i think it's the african development bank recently uh, launched stats to say that africa has got the highest number of entrepreneurs in the world and certainly south africa is part of that and yes it's it's kind of sad because it's coming from a place of such high unemployment statistics you know it's Mm -hmm. there are more more people looking for jobs than there are jobs Mm, so that's the downside but the upside is then it's kind of sparking these these bits of creativity and the entrepreneurial spirit and i do think I do think that it is very exciting to to be an entrepreneur in Africa and that South Africa certainly is leading. And I think there are a lot of ideas and concepts and things coming out of South Africa that are actually making other people in other places of the world, world sit up and, and listen or, or, you know, look and look and learn.
0: That's fascinating because I think it's common knowledge. Africa is sort of a, I mean, South Africa to be more specific, is is sort of a hybrid economy. You know, we've got some of the most extreme uh, cases of poverty in the country and some of the most extreme cases of wealth in the country. So, <laughs> and then there's so much in between that you begin to wonder with, with as many people that are becoming entrepreneurs and still yet as many, um, as many people that are looking for jobs and as many skilled people leaving the continent or leaving the country even um, to go look for greener pastures elsewhere. Is there something that could be done perhaps to salvage the situation, maybe lower the, the the unemployment rates, retain some of the talent that we're losing?
1: Well, I think I think that would be in an ideal world, Linkford. Um, you know, the, like you say, we have had what they call the brain drain, which which has had a huge impact on, on our services, on, on our country. But I think what's also quite interesting is how many people left and have come back. Mm. So the grass isn't always greener on the other <laughs> side, but I think what it does is with all the people leaving, it absolutely opens up new opportunities for new entrepreneurs and new growth. And mm. I was even just reading an article earlier today saying, you know, our education system grooms us very much to be employed not to be an employer mm, and it's now changing the mindset of the youth and everyone at large I mean that they, they there's even with with artificial intelligence and the technology that's coming in a lot of the the jobs that needed degrees and needed um, high qualifications for aren't going to be in existence anymore true. so I think the world as we know it is changing at such a rapid rate that we've got to kind of just shed off what we know and rather focus on what can we do with what, what we've got, ahead. where yeah. we are?
0: Oh, well, that's that's fascinating. You know, it's looking at um, the amount of challenges that are on the continent, really. I think it's really that time we also looked at the type of education that we're sending our children to. And also the, the ripple effect of that in that every year there's a class that graduates and says, OK, fine, we're joining the job market. But there are no jobs being created. You know we're we're putting millions and millions of of our youth out there on the market, yet we're not creating millions and millions of jobs each year. So there's there's really a lot that needs to be done. But if we can get into a bit more you know detail about uh, the business that you do, starting with uh, fresh eyes, if you can tell us perhaps exactly what you guys do there.
1: Sure. So just on that note, though, um, Linkford, and just to back up what you were saying about the jobs. um, Last year, last year, there were 190,000 new graduates that came into the market, and they predicted only 41,000 of them will find jobs. Wow. So what happens to the other 150,000 graduates? and the amount of money that's been spent on educating them to get these degrees that they mm-hmm. can essentially do nothing with. Indeed. So, yes, let's talk about Fresh Eyes. So, Fresh Eyes, its we are so passionate about what we do, Linkford, because of the difference that we see in businesses that we engage with. So, it is very interesting. A lot of businesses, when we say, can we work with your team? We want to catapult you into new space. We want to help you with your customer retention and your loyalty. Some of the co- companies turn around and say, no we don't think we've got a problem with our customer service we don't get lots of complaints and i said that's so interesting you must be very careful not to have a false sense of fabulousness and measure your success by the the number of complaints because what about all the people that just voted with their feet in their wallet <laughs> True they're not necessarily going to take time out of their busy day <laughs> to tell you how bad your service is they're just going to walk yeah, and chances are there's somebody down the road that's selling the same product. You know, if you're a coffee shop, you're not the only person in town making toasted sandwiches and cups of coffee. So what are you going to do to differentiate yourself? And, you know, globally, we've done lots of research. We we work with research houses here in South Africa to really unpack what is important and Businesses need to shift, and to anyone that's listening that owns their own business, if there's one thing that they take away, is stop being transactional and rather be experiential. People want experiences with a, with a restaurant or a brand or a whatever, whoever you're doing business with. And, you know, by definition, the word customer is somebody that exchanges goods for cash, So you can be a customer, walk into a store, you exchange goods for cash. There's a transaction that happens there, but there's no magic. But if you call the customer by name and say to them, thank you so much for shopping with us today. We appreciate you. Can't wait to see you again. I think those shoes are going to look awesome on you. Or, you know, just taking time to connect with customers. We're living in such a crazy world. People are stressed. People are... You know it's there's there's a lot of heaviness around. So it's really important that um people working in various outlets just really connect with the customers and make them feel value. But then it's also up to the companies to let the staff understand their significance. And I think you know, in a nutshell, that's what we do. We say to the staff, you are not you are not just a worker, you are actually a brand ambassador for this company, for this brand. So you might think to yourself, as a cashier, after they've been through the store, the experience that you leave them with could make or break whether they come back or not. No. So, Fresh Eyes, and, and you mentioned um, an academy. I'm very proud to say that, as far as I know, we are the only uh, customer experience training company that does have an academy, Linkford, because, you know, you can go in and train people, and yes. you're training can be fabulous but let's be honest you spend two and a half hours or five hours or three days with people that have been in their job for five years ten years. you're not yeah. going to change them like a fairy godmother in you know three days <laughs> and then yeah. after the training everyone's fired up they go back into their jobs and they fall back into their old ways. So then it's a waste of money for the client and um, the customers aren't actually feeling the impact. So what we do is we send some mystery shoppers into the company to see what it's really like to do business with them. So our our feedback is authentic. And then based on that, we move in, we motivate the staff, we shift their mindset, shift their behavior. And then we do actually take them on a 90-day customer experience academy where we drip feed them information we ask them to do little tasks we we say things to them like what did you do to our customer today and because we are in africa and given um our audience a lot of the staff working at that sort of level they don't have access to technology Mm -hmm. cell phone that washes the dishes the sculler in the restaurant or in the hotel to the gardener it's not about them being educated it's not about being fancy it's just about making them feel valued and how they can impact on the face of the brand so we do actually take them through a 90-day academy and at the end of that they graduate from the fresh eyes customer experience academy and if i could only share with you the the elation and how people's faces light up i mean we, we had a granny graduate the other day she has been a housekeeper in the same hotel for 47 years every day she comes to work and she cleans the toilets and she cleans the rooms and you think how are we going to ignite this lady and we absolutely did the tears were rolling down her cheeks she said at 67 she's the first graduate in her family and she's a granny and subsequent to that she the way that she's engaging with staff just a a guest sorry just from her heart and she's all of a sudden after 47 years there's letters coming through to the general manager shouting her praises and how she made such a difference to their holiday So it's never too late to ignite people and make a difference. And that's what we really love doing. And of course, because you're offering better experiences, your retention is better, your online reviews are better, and that is really important. Our research shows us that consumers, before COVID hit us, 67% of consumers would check a brand's online reviews before spending money with them. The the latest McKinsey report shows us that it's now 92%. Of customers, check your online reviews before they'll spend right. their money with you. So it doesn't matter how fancy your marketing and advertising is. People don't believe you. They believe your customers. And
0: then, yeah.
1: So our training obviously mm. then um, has an impact on better social media reviews. Yes. And then we also pride ourselves of getting like a 10 to 15% increase on their bottom line.
0: That's good. That's good. That's really fascinating. You know, I think in this age for consumers, mostly, if I can put it that way, we know where to punish a business these days. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was talking to um, 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 one of um, a member of the support team from Uber the other time. And each time I was trying to explain to her the, the, the problem I had had on their app, she kept sending me to the review system. All right. And... When I really finally thought about it, I thought to myself, yeah, but that's that's how we punish businesses these days. You don't behave, Absolutely. I give you a bad review.
1: <laughs> True, yeah. And that's, that, it does, that's where it hurts. Especially yeah. especially if 90% of consumers are reading those reviews, which, and the stats show us they are. So mm. you're right, it is important that, that companies get good reviews, but by the same token, you've really got to wow them. Um, to inspire somebody to take time out of their busy schedule to write you a great review. And I think that's also a lesson for for entrepreneurs is they'll say, oh, but I've got a four out of five rating on on social media. And I say, that's excellent. But how many people reviewed you? 30. Not such an impressive sample. (laughs) (laughs) Then I, I ask them the question. I say, how many people have you served so let's use a restaurant example. How mm. many how many bums and seats do you have here a month? Mm. Twenty thousand a month, right? So that's hundred and forty thousand people have been through your doors in a yeah. year. How okay. is it then that only thirty were inspired to write a good review about you?
0: Beginning to feel like they're close friends. So
1: don't don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So there's yes. there's a lot of factors to, to uh-huh. consider but you know what at the end of the day it's so easy at the moment in south africa and africa and i say that i say that with humility and and, and no malice it's really easy to stand out by offering great experience because it's not it's not the norm there's yeah. very few places as a consumer where you leave you know having had an experience going wow that was amazing and yes. So it's it is actually so easy to get the experience right because we work on such a low base.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that's that's very true. I think it's um, I've been really looking out for businesses that would give me that wow moment where I say, here's here's somebody that went either out of their way to make sure that I have a great experience in this shop, or they they took the extra the extra time to make me feel comfortable when I'm about to spend you know quite a large amount with them. So I think. That whole experience—it's something that um, businesses need to start um, sort of, you know, infusing into their into their day-to-day work. And you guys are providing that, so we'll put all that information in the podcast notes, so that you know, for those that want to improve their customer experience and get their businesses more loyalty, more customers, more retention, you know, they get to access that. Have you heard about Big Shop Business Network? It's the place to be for
1: African entrepreneurs business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs a day by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shot Business Network. Connect, share, grow.
0: Let's talk about uh, Drinkable. I think it addresses a social issue. How's that journey going so far?
1: My daughter's drink was sparked and she nearly died. And I put her story out in social media just to raise awareness because it was at seven o'clock in the evening in a restaurant. Mm. And a lot of people think that drink spiking happens at three o'clock in the morning in a seedy nightclub. Mm. There are no nightclubs open during lockdown. And yet more mm. and more and more people after hearing Scar's story, they, they put their hands up and they said, it's happened to me. It happened to me. It happened to me in this restaurant. It happened to me in that pub. Mm. And I had no idea that it was so rough. And then I thought again, you can sit and cry in your tea or you can be part of the solution. So the main driver was to be part of the solution and that is why we came up with the the drinker bell. So essentially, the girls um, go online and they buy one of our scrunchies. They come in all um, all different designs and different fabrics so that we can appeal to all of them. But they literally will buy a scrunchie and then they wear it in their hair when they go out or they wear it around their wrists like lots of girls do. And when they get to wherever they're going, they literally take the scrunchie out the hair, mm. they open a secret little compartment and out of the scrunchie comes a liquid-resistant drinks cover with its very own straw. So their drink is covered. Not only does it look look quite cool because now mm. it's a drink identifier. So I know, oh, you've got the pink one, I've got the black one, that's my drink. And the- so uh. nobody's drinks can get mixed up. Plus, nobody can drop powder, um, tablets or mm. any drops into the glass. Our research has shown us that the most common form of drink spiking is using drops. So we made sure that the glass is covered and it also has a liquid resistant lining so that none of the drops can go through into the drink. So that was the main focus is let's protect our girls out there because if drink spiking has been around for decades, what are we going to do to stop Mm -hmm. it, make it go away? First of all, it's a visual deterrent because from across the room, a would-be spiker can see that the drink is covered. So they're going to look for an easier target, and then physically, it's also impossible to to spark the drink. And then when I got to thinking about that link, that I thought, like, okay, that's all good and well. So the main thrust is just to protect girls, mm-hmm. but how can we, how can we expand that project to impact on more? So they have got a phenomenal sewing project, and what we did is we identified some of these women. They have been upskilled and taught how to sew. They've got access to sewing rooms, sewing machines. And they've essentially all started their own little business doing the manufacturing of the Drinker Bells for us. So they've been upskilled. They are now employed and they are now able to look after their families as a result of the Drinker Bell project. So as much as for us the more drinkables that are out there the more girls we are impacting on in terms of preventing drink sparking but also the more drinkables that are out there the more women we are able to employ to do the manufacturing and then the third arm of the project gives interpol stats show that south africa has got the highest number of rapes related to drink sparking in the world so a portion of all the sales of the drinkable now go to the jess ford foundation and we specifically sponsor trauma counseling for girls that have been raped. So gender-based violence is a huge issue in society, and it's something that more and more and more people are talking about. And our research and our learnings and our findings are that after a girl's drink has been sparked, yes, sometimes they are robbed just of their purse, their handbags, their cars. But more often than not, they are assaulted, raped, Gang raped or even murdered, and we were just so determined to put a stop to that.
0: That's uh, it's a it's a surreal truth, and you know it really saddens me just just the amount of uh, violence against women that is out there, and. I'm really I'm really uh, glad that, you know, you're pushing back against that um, violation that is done on women. And it's a, it's a very it's a very great thing that you guys are doing. And for those that have, uh, you know, started working with you and they're now plug in businesses to, you know, to the project that you have started, that's really fascinating. And it's really time It's really time. All these things that I think in the past, perhaps, you know, uh, um, during the time we were growing up, it was something that we couldn't really talk about when, whenever, you know, uh, um, a woman was violated or she was raped or it wasn't really something that people would openly talk about, but it's a, it's a pandemic across the world. And it has to be addressed. And I'm glad you, you, you really picked up that banner and said, okay, I'm going to be part of that, that fight and push back. And it's a really good thing. Now, how is, the, how is the, um, the business side going? How, you know, from, I, I believe, I've not, I've, you have an online store. I, I think I, I saw one that, you know, where you're seeing. Yes. Yeah. How has that been going? You know, you actually jumped into into uh, e-commerce with the booms of 2020 in the e-commerce space. How was that business?
1: Thanks, Linkford. So I think I also need to just remind myself that we actually only launched five weeks ago. And because this is such a passion project, in five weeks, we have been on four national radio stations. We've had an article in the Daily News. We were in the report newspaper this weekend in all the um, national uh, um, newspapers. We have had some corporate sponsors come on board. We've launched the online shop. We've been at two markets. We have secured six agents nationally, and every day we are signing up new stockists because for me, it's great having an online store. And yes, we do need to be um, you know, available commercially um, and, and be in the online space. I really, Linkford, want every woman, if, if she's having an impromptu get-together with a few of her friends at a restaurant after work, she should be able to buy a drinkable from the restaurant or at the pub. Yes. or when she stops she can literally buy one from the the petrol station forecourt and yes. say yes. hey i wasn't planning on going out with my friends after work but we are going i'm just going to zip in here buy my drink a bell and put it on me and i know that I'm safe. so in five weeks we have achieved a lot the reality now is we're kind of at these crossroads where we need to scale and Interestingly, one of one of the comments that I made earlier in our conversation was, you know, how difficult it is to acquire funding. Because in order to scale, we now need to upskill more women. We need to buy huge um rolls of fabric. We need to, you know, buy more straws, more packaging, mm-hmm. more banners like the one in the background here to be able and to it, attend yeah. more markets, raise more awareness about drink spiking. So that's kind of where we're at now we're just on the cusp of needing to scale so we have put various uh reach outs for crowdfunding i'm really hoping that there are people out there that just go you know we want to get behind this cause because it's not a commercial it's, it's not a commercial money-making animal this mm-hmm. it's about how can we protect the girls how can we empower more women how can we give back to more women that have been raped as a result yeah. of drink sparking yeah, so we are—we literally just putting it out there to everybody to say, please be part, be part of the solution. Jump on board with us. Be part of the journey because every girl that we protect from drink sparking is a win. And there's a there's an old saying. It says, together it takes a, um, a village to raise a child. True. And true, I'm kind true. of going, well, together it takes a village to save a child. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. And and another thing, um, Lincoln. If there's Lincoln, if there's anybody out there that that does own. A retail outlet a gift shop a bottle store um anywhere you know a nail bar a hairdresser you know where where are women going where can they pop in and buy a drink bell? we really really would appreciate more and more stockists coming on board so that they are just so easily accessible for women wherever they go
0: no that's that's great that's great i'll push on my side as well and um I believe someone would be listening as well. You we'll, we know, um, once the the, uh, the podcast is out, and we'll get the message across the world as far and wide as possible. Because you know, as you said, it's a it's a passion project. And as we, as you were talking, you know, I was thinking to myself, it would really be great if if they were as available as masks are today. You know.
1: See, si, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it would really, you know, it would really. And it's, it's so
1: funny that you said that because initially. When we started wearing masks, it looked weird. It felt weird. Now mm. it's just second nature for us. True. And we want, it to, we want it to be the same. You know, it's, it's not weird that you cover your drink. Mm. It's actually the done thing. Indeed. If you're sitting at a table and you see yeah. some woman out without covering their drink, you're like, Where's your drinkable? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it just must be like you say, you, you cover your you cover your face, you cover your drink. Yeah. Mm.
0: <laughs> True, exactly. It's, I think that's that's the way it should be. And we will push to get it to get it there as you know as far as possible. Anyways, we're really kind of running out of time. Um, I was hoping we would um, maybe get into detail about your experiences doing business across the continent. Uh, it, um, it seems like we are really pressed it today. <laughs> it's amazing. Our no, time. thank nice. you so
1: much. I, th- I think there's just been, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot to chat about and you know, if, if we can help entrepreneurs I- improve their experience with the customers, that'll be great. And if we can also just help everyone be part of looking after the women in our communities, um, that's, that's a win for me too.
0: And then uh, you know, I've always said um, I've never met a man that was born by a man. So it is as much a responsibility for men to take care of um, the women. You know, so I think this is a message that really, really needs to be um, sent out there. Do as much as we can to make sure that you know incidents like drink spiking don't happen. And, you know, there's, it's a cascading um, um, set of events where one happens, it opens up for so many more to happen. So we need to stop that very first one. We need to stop that. So it's really fascinating.
1: Absolutely. And I think um, just, just to wrap up on that note. Um, you know, men are being sparked too. It's not just women that mm. have drink sparking, but like I said to the guys, I'm like, that'll be phase two. I'll find a solution for you next. Can <laughs> we just look after the girls for now? But um, what I would <laughs> what I would say then is that um, your ladies first. What I would say is that the the research does show that it is predominantly men sparking women's drinks. Mm. It's 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 not a kind thing to do, and if there's cool. one Thing that I would appeal is there is enough there's enough going on in the world please we need more kindness be mm. kind and sparking someone's drink and taking away their choice is not kind very true. so very true. I, I really just you know would ask anyone who has done it in the past or would consider doing it in the future just to not
0: and that's that's very true any Any last words, perhaps something you would like to say to entrepreneurs across the continent or anybody listening?
1: Thank you. Uh, I think I'd just like to say this is a really fun, exciting, vibrant time to be alive. And sadly, so many people have lost their lives. So no matter what is happening in your life or in your space as an entrepreneur, I would just like to encourage people to hang in there, have faith over fear. As long as there's air in your lungs and oxygen in your body and blood in your veins, you've got the opportunity to make a difference, to do something that you're passionate about. So be excited.
0: That, that, that's fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for those words. And it's, it's, a, it's a really amazing um, uh, you know, moment we have had. Um, let's put a belt on every woman in the world.
1: Yay! <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Right. Really, Peter, I appreciate you coming through. Um, I hope to chat to you again soon.
1: Yes, thank you for the opportunity. It's really been awesome spending time with you and also being exposed to your portal. I'll be sure to, to follow you and promote you however I can too.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's amazing. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.